it is time for another Geekish Podcast. I figured we should add some fanfare in on that. Oh, we do need to come up with some sound effects or some music just because it's... We've been saying that for two years now, right? Something? Hey, it's... <laughs> the day of recording this is International Podcasters Day, so we can cut ourselves some slack, right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. That was the post um, I put I'm, out 3,000 times people have said, I want to hear what you guys have to say. So thank you. It's true. It's true. Uh, I'm Derek. I'm Bino. And uh, we're going to talk at you for a little bit about, well, geeky stuff, and maybe you'll learn something. Um, now, Bino, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. Have you ever thought to yourself, you know, octagons have eight sides. Octopus or octopi have eight legs. Um, octopus is eight babies, right? These are all thoughts that have crossed my mind, yes. Yeah, it's, so, so you're sitting there going, huh, why is October the 10th month and not the 8th month? Have you, ever, have you ever wondered that? I haven't. Can you tell me more? <laughs> well, that's, that's what we're here for. We're going to talk to you a little bit about uh, October and help, help you learn a little bit because if you think about it, and this is something that has bothered me since high school when I found out the oct and sept stuff is sept like in september is supposed to be seventh month and oct which is eight is supposed to be eighth month and you look at december which is deca and that's supposed to be tenth month and it just doesn't things don't add up and we have uh those wacky romans to thank for that yeah so you're gig geekish this is at least one of my personal favorite seasons the fall season the halloween season it's one of the best of the year so we'll figure impart a little knowledge about the history of October and maybe a little bit of Halloween in there too. It's the most <laughs> wonderful time. I, I think to go to your point of why I, I honestly never really thought much about how the, the October wasn't the eighth month because look, we're here in America. <laughs> We've taken everything from around the world like that and just completely butchered it anyway. Like yeah, rhyme I mean, reason, like let, let's just throw the metric system out there for one. Like, yeah, but I mean, come on, months have been around forever. It's not like America, you know, said deuces to Europe, came over here, and they were like, you know what, I don't like the months, and then the whole world adopted them. So, uh, you want to bet? I bet we tried. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're we're keeping track of time the American way. <laughs> I don't like the way them Romans did it. Uh, let's get away with all that stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, look, we added daylight saving, which. So I guess you're right there. But yeah, the, the months is, is something that's always like, it's protruded me a little bit. And when I brought it up to you, you were like, huh? Like, <laughs> like I said, you just, we just take it with a grain of salt. Like that's the way it always is. But for the little history lesson for everyone that doesn't know what the heck we're talking about yet, October, which we know is the 10th month of the year right now, um, was in the Jillian and the Gregorian calendars. And it was a sixth of seven months to have a length of 31 days. Uh, let's see here. It was the eighth month in the old calendar of Romulus, which was established back in 750 BC. And it retained its name from Latin and Greek of the octo, meaning eight. And then it got switched around because when they wanted to add the extra months, they realized that good old, was it Caesar? That uh, decided that they, they adopted the calendar that didn't quite make the right chance for leap years. So after a few decades or a few centuries, 
the seasons were off because the yeah. calendars were off by a certain number of minutes or days a year. So you add that up over time and all of a sudden like, oh, it's spring's here. Why is it snowing outside? So they had to readjust the calendars. And that in itself, I hadn't actually read about the story prior to tonight, was a, a, a very, very long, long process to make that actually happen like centuries and not everybody at once different countries and different uh, groups decided at different times to start adopting the new calendars. Can you imagine trying to plan a date with somebody that's using a completely different calendar? Right. Um, are you going off the Julian calendar, or the Gregorian calendar? Cause uh, <laughs> I'm booked that day. <laughs> well, I don't know what you're talking about. We don't recognize a Julian calendar in this house. <laughs> well, and it's funny too, because you look at it, how skewed is our years now because of that, right? They added two extra months. They added January and February, which pushed October towards the end of the solar year, which was, you know, around 365.24 days long. But you take out those two months, how much does it skew the wibbly-wobbly time, if you think about that too, like... If somebody's trying to set the time circuits to going back to Europe in the 1600s, uh, you're, <laughs> you're sorely disappointed. Because between well, I mean, eight, 1582 and 1752 in Europe, there were not only two calendars being used in Europe, completely different calendars, but the starts of the year, there was two separate starts to the year in England. The legal year began on March 25th, but usually the Gregorian calendar in other European countries led to January 1st being the, the start of the year. So there's literally somebody saying we have two starts to the new year and two different calendars for almost 250 years. Well, and even go before that, where October was the eighth month of the Roman calendar until 153 BCE. So history, man. <laughs> <laughs> I always get amazed when I think back to these kind of things, too, of take for granted some of the technology we have now. We can you know, have computers and models and uh, satellites to figure out this kind of stuff. I know exactly, okay, we can measure exactly how quickly we're spinning, how fast we're going in orbit, what our orbit is, calculate stuff. But these hundreds of years ago, people were doing it just by looking at where the sun is in the sky and right. figuring things out. And they were still within, you know, seconds of a year. <laughs> okay, well, and then <laughs> to not, so you, you said... Europe during the, no wonder it's the Dark Ages, Middle Ages, whatever, they uh, they were using two different calendars, right? Uh huh. Throw that into somebody who, okay, say is traveling from that time period, and they end up in the Southern Hemisphere, mm -hmm. right? Where October is not fall; it's spring. Mm -hmm. So, how does that like? That also blows my mind too, because you know October. To us, October, November, December. I remember when I was a little kid. It's always fall. And then when you find, when you learn about the Southern Hemisphere, while well, that's actually their spring and summer, you're like, wait, what? So you take this little, you know, peasant from Europe who's going confused by two different calendars, throw them in the Southern Hemisphere. <laughs> Whoops. Oopsie, we figured out. So uh, calendar comparison for accuracy, there was the Persian calendar, which started in the second millennium, and its approximate error was less than one second a year. So that Persian calendar was actually pretty solid. The revised Julian calendar is uh, only two seconds a year off from 
the actual what it should be. The Mayan calendar was 13 seconds a year off. The Gregorian calendar that we use now is 27 seconds a year off. Jewish calendar is seven minutes a year. Uh, Julian calendar is 11 minutes a year. And the Coptic calendar is 11 minutes a year. And then the 365-day calendar with no leap years is off six hours every year. So all those calendar systems, and not one of them is correct, yet we can't come up with a calendar system that is correct. <laughs> Can you imagine if they wanted to add another month in in 2020? I'd say, nah, nah, we're good. People that are, are into numbers and math uh, probably get a kick out of looking at these calendar systems. If you, but if you look at the algorithms or calculations the calendars have for when time is added in leap years, it's, it's a little bit of a mind bend. So in the Julian calendar, a leap day is added every four years, no matter what. So the average year is 365.25 days long, but it's not quite accurate. Gregorian calendar, uh, <laughs> they change the rules a little bit. There's, uh, I don't know if I found these on there, but I think it's you add a leap year every year that's divisible by four, unless the year ends in a 10 or a 400, and then you don't, then you add the year regardless or something ridiculous like that, that. I will know about. And no. Then, and then the revised Julian calendar. Uh, let's see. What were the rules for that one? That, can, you, can you imagine being in on those meetings trying to come up with all the rules for the calendars? Oh, sorry. I was getting that confused. The revised Julian calendar is one that has that. Revised Julian calendar is there are leap years every year that is evenly divisible by four. Except years that are also only divisible by 100 and the remainder is neither 200 nor 600 then divided by 900 then it's not a leap year <laughs> and you said you were never going to use algebra here it is <laughs> well and the funny thing is too so you have all those rules and everything like that that's why october is now kind of screwed and in the early roman calendar it had 10 months right and of course being the Roman calendar, they had it named like Martus, Aprilius, Maius, Junius, Quintilius, Sextilius, which Quintilius and Sextilius kind of start making sense, right? Because you're like, okay, there's five, six, and then you got September, October, November, December. Did they run out of Iliuses for that? <laughs> anyway, so obviously the last six months had the numerical preferences. And then it had a major flaw. So this, this is where I think they were like, yeah, let's come up with a new one is because all the days in the months didn't add up to a full year. So I'm surprised that they went the route of adding new months rather than making the date, the months longer. But yeah. then you said a couple centuries later, January and February added to the calendar to bring it closer to 365 days. I feel like maybe to get rid of this whole thing, because We'll throw a whole other thing in there if we're going to go with the, the Americanized screwing up of things. Did you grow up thinking Oktoberfest had to do with October? Yes. <laughs> I did. I was always baffled when I was like... I feel like, like that, that was one of those moments of education dropping the ball. Right? When they're <laughs> like, wait, it's wait. Oktoberfest time. I'm like, August. It's what are you talking about? <laughs> August, September. Come on. I feel like we should we could go back to the Saxons though, because you know what the Saxons referred to the month of October. Yes, I do, but I want to hear you pronounce it. <sighs> I believe it's Winterfilleth. Yeah, something or Winterfilleth. I'm not positive. Man, I love that festival. <laughs> it had the first full moon of the winter season, so it was Winterfilleth. Fileth. 
somebody that speaks Saxon, correct me. Yeah. Or we could go with the uh, the Germanic version of the historical name in Germany. It was Weinmund because it was Wine Month, which makes sense. I'm, I'm I, done with that. It's already fall. It's already Halloween. Let's add Wine Month. It'll be the best month of the year. Forget December. You know what cracks me up too is I don't mean to be dwelling on the Romans, but they screwed up a lot of things. I mean, they did a lot of great things, but they also screwed up some stuff. Um, they took over most of the world. Yeah. yeah, they were so full of themselves. Like in in 44 BC, uh, Quintilis, which was the fifth month, so that'd be May, uh, was renamed to July to honor Julius Caesar. Which, you know, since they added that, the fifth month got switched to the seventh month. So Julius Caesar was like, you know what? I like that month. That's mine. And then, of course, August was uh, renamed to honor Augustus Caesar. So you got. Two Caesars that are like, yo, give me a month. Can you imagine if we still had that? We'd be. (laughs) I'm not going to go down that road in this podcast. I don't want to lose any friends. So here's Um, the thing, too. You said time travel. I would love just to go back to that time period and talk to a farmer go, hey, what day is it? Um. I don't know. They added a new month that I'm not used to yet, so I don't know why it sounds like. We also, fig- we also figure too, like the little I know of medieval Europe. I'm sure a lot of people didn't care what the date was. True. They knew it was harvest season. Like, is it going to be hot? Is it going to be cold? What day is it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a day that the king didn't kill me, so it's all good. <laughs> I'm not in shackles and getting beat right now. We're going to call it a good day at a point, shall we? <laughs> Oh, man. But there you go. October used to be the eighth month on that one. So now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> and you're learning some because, you, as you know, from our youth, one of the most important things we learned, knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe. Pork chop sandwiches. I was waiting for that. Okay. Yeah, there you go. But, I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, we could go into all the months, but we're just talking about October right now. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's timely. It is. It's it's. Like you said, the most wonderful time of the year. Mm-hmm. And, and aside, aside from Halloween, there are some other big things that happen in October. Let's it's hear it. American Archives Month. It's National Adopt-A-Shelter Dog Month. It's National Arts and Humanities Month. It's National Bullying Prevention Month. It's National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. National Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Filipino American History Month. Italian American Heritage and Culture Month. Polish American Heritage Month. And National Work and Family Month. Dang. It's also Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. And in the United States, October is also National Pizza Month, National Popcorn Poppin' Month, not to be confused with National Popcorn Eatin' Month, National Pork that? Month, and National Seafood Month. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Back up. First of all, you're telling me I can eat pizza every day and not feel guilty? Great. Because um, you felt na- guilty eating pizza before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's National Popping Popcorn Month. Uh, it, for, according to this, it is National Popcorn Poppin' with the apostrophe month. When, it, but it's not National Popcorn Eating Month, so it means you have to save all the popcorn that you popped. What does it say? You can't eat it. It just—it's not known for the eating parts for the popping it. 
Popcorn lovers, hold on to your hats. October is National Popcorn Poppin' Month. According to the Popcorn Board, national nonprofit organization, October was chosen because of the popcorn harvest, which takes place on each fall in the Midwest. Each year when a new crop is harvested, it reminds us popcorn will always be the naturally fun snack for the entire family. Popcorn Poppin' Month is the perfect time to celebrate popcorn. This message brought to you by Gold Medal Snack Smiles and Success. First of all, I didn't, I'm learning something because I didn't even think of a popcorn harvest month. I could really just see corn harvest month, but I could just see Renbacher <laughs> out there, you know, going, all right, give me them good kernels. <laughs> Quick, start picking corn. Orville's are coming. Oh, man. <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Of course. And then, um, you know, like you said, something happens at the end of October. It's all like, uh, what is it? Uh, all Hallows Eve or something like that. Uh, Halloween or Halloween or Hallows evening or all Halloween or all Hallows Eve or all saints Eve. You whip those together. There's that's a lot. One thing you don't whip together with is you don't whip it together with Dia de los Muertos. That is a completely different holiday. That's in November. Uh, yeah, it start. I believe it starts at the end of October. Goes through November, but it's it has a lot of costumes. It happens close to Halloween, so of course the very uh, non-cultural side just lumps it together. That's the same holiday, but very very different holidays. Both have their fun times. Day of the Dead starts October thirty first and ends November second. Yes. So there you go. Yeah. So that happens same time. Coinciding, don't, not collaborating. Yeah, they don't mean the same thing <laughs> at all. <laughs> no. uh, observed for most countries, October 31st. It is the eve of the Western Christian Feast of All Hallows Day and begins the three day observance of All Hallow Tide. Hmm. I didn't hear about that before tonight. Look at that. <laughs> it's the time of the liturgical year dedicated to remembering the dead, including the saints, martyrs, and all of the faithful departed. It's widely believed that Halloween traditions originated from the ancient Celtic harvest festivals, particularly the Gaelic festival of... <laughs> How many words can I mispronounce in one podcast? The, the festival of what? The Gaelic festival of what? Samhain? Samhain? Sounds about right. I don't speak it. I don't know. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you're not listening for the pronunciation of stuff. You're listening exactly. to learn and geek out with us. I'm, I'm helping you learn because you can look it up and you can tell me I'm wrong. And I'm okay with that. You, you know, there's somebody out there that just did an epic facepalm. They're like, that's not how you say that. <laughs> but, but I'm hoping that I'm earning a few, a little bit of credit by not saying like, well, I know how to say it. It's Samhayoyan. Yeah, that's right. I know what I'm talking about. I, yeah, you're I, not, I don't you're know. Definitely not saying it with say. confidence. No, not at all. I don't know what to say. <laughs> A lot of consonants and vowels that are not in the same place. Um, but uh, obviously, there's a lot of customs that have come about that have strange, strange uh, origins. Like trick or treating is one of the biggest ones. This year, not so much, but usually trick or treating <laughs> is a huge part of Halloween. Uh, but that came. What was that? I I had this in my brain earlier, and now it's completely gone. So I'm going to look at the origin of trick or treating. Well, didn't it do something like turnips or beets or something like that? What are you, Dwight Schrute? <laughs> it's funny because you know we have the internet right here. Because um, I didn't, I didn't write that one down. Uh, but trick or treating 
uh, can be traced to the ancient Celts, early Roman Catholics in uh, politics. So, wow. 17th century British politics, to be exact. Trick-or-treating, setting off on Halloween night, and costume ringing doorbells to demand treats has been a tradition in the United States and other countries for more than a century. I want to say, if you ever have time, Google trick-or-treating costumes from, well, before the modern age, and they are creepy. Well, like, yeah, they had to be creepy. You know what they, they did for well, yeah, to ward off spirits. But what I'm saying is, like, I'm yeah, talking they were like, dressing up trying to scare off evil spirits. <laughs> I must be an evil spirit because this scares me. You look at some of these, you're like, Ooh. but now they're uh, now they're all cute. In in the ninth century, Christianity had spread into the Celtic lands, where it blended with uh, some of the pagan tribes back there. So on 1000 AD, the church designated November 2nd as All Souls Day to honor the dead and celebrations in England started resembling the Celtic commemorations. And then uh, people would visit the houses of wealthier families in town and receive pastries called soul cakes in exchange for a promise to pray for the souls of the homeowner's dead relatives, known as souling. So they literally... Go down to the rich neighborhood. We went to the rich neighborhood to get full-size candy bars. They right. went to the rich neighborhoods to say, hey, I'll pray for your dead grandma if you give me some soul cakes. <laughs> so here's, some, here's something from uh, history.com. They're saying that like a large number of new immigrants that uh, were fleeing because of the Irish potato famine in the 1840s helped popularize Halloween um, in the early 20th century, Irish and Scottish communities revived the old world traditions of souling and guising in the United States. Uh, and then by the 1920s, pranks had become the Halloween activity of choice for rowdy young people. Then that thing called the Great Depression hit and made the problem worse, uh, with Halloween mischief often devolving into vandalism, physical assaults, and sporadic acts of violence. And then one theory suggests that excessive pranks on Halloween led to the widespread adoption of an organized community-based trick-or-treating tradition in the 1930s. So, who's rascally kids trying to find happiness in the uh, depression? <laughs> Took it too far. Makes me feel a little less angry about when my pumpkins get thrown out in the middle of the street. <laughs> You're like, ah, they're just... They're celebrating the old ways of the Depression. <laughs> At least they didn't throw it through my window, I guess. That's true. <laughs> we'll call it a win. Well, it's funny, too, because, I mean, each family. So I'm, I'm sure you had your own little Halloween traditions, you know, especially growing up in Colorado, our Halloween traditions, we've talked about this before, was bundling up so you couldn't really see our costume anyway because it was so mm. cold and usually snowed. But I got the greatest costume on earth that's under this parka. <laughs> It's, it's funny to go back and think of the trick-or-treating things and that this started, you know, way back when as a way to ward off evil spirits and then became this fun-loving holiday, if you will. I mean, there's still spooky stuff that happens, haunted houses, horror movies, all that stuff. But now it's just, you know, take somebody from the 1700s who did this religiously to scare off spirits and to honor the dead and bring them down. You're like, that kid's a wolf man. Isn't that cool? <laughs> That'd just be funny. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, did you know where uh, bobbing for apples came from? 
Um, I know it's not very hygienic and you definitely don't want to do it this year, right. but you, no. With your pod, maybe. <laughs> uh, but it actually came from Scotland. Uh, it may be called <laughs> ducking or ducking. In Northern England, the game is often called apple ducking or duck apple. And in Ireland, it was uh, known as County Kerry, snap apple. But it dates back to the Roman invasion of Britain when their country There's... emerged. Those wacky Romans again. Yeah, the Romans in their old pirate. And uh, during an annual celebration, young unmarried people would try to bite into an apple floating in water or hanging from a string in a line rather than in a bowl of water. And the first person to bite into the apple would be the next one to be allowed to marry. I feel and we, like have, they should... we have our kids do this. I mean, I mean... <laughs> And correct me if I'm wrong, though, whether it be in, a, in water or an apple on a string, if you're fighting someone's trying to take a bite out of it, aren't you either going to kiss them or jab your teeth into each other's face trying to do that? Or am I just getting like way too like aggressive with my thought of how I play bobbing for apples? Well, have you ever bobbed for apples? Yeah. I haven't. Really? So, well, here's the reason why. Um, it's always kind of terrified me in the thought of there's six people doing it at once and there's all that transfer of saliva and God knows what else in there. And I just, I don't feel like eating mushy apples. So that's, that's why I never apples did don't it. get mushy. Mm, I don't know. What do you mean you don't? You, no, what I'm saying, I'm saying I've you, seen people, you, you, I've you, seen people pop for apples and the apple just kind of disintegrates. So who knows how long it's been in the water. They've got right up, but go get an apple. You go buy an apple. You put it in a bowl of water tonight. You take a bite of it tomorrow. It'll be just fine. Apples okay. are made to they're, they they hold up to the elements. I, I know, but they don't hold up to six thrashing teenagers all trying to get it at once. And that is true. I, I will think back to I want to say like a church Halloween event. There was a big bobbing for apples thing, but it was like a giant kiddie pool full of them. So throughout the night, in hindsight, there probably was 50 or 60 kids that all dunked their faces into that water trying to get apples. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why, again, I'm like, I don't want to, don't want to do it. Maybe this, um, is, this is one of those Halloween traditions that's going to be phased out very quickly with the advent of uh, highly advanced infectious diseases, possibly. Could be. <laughs> could be. Um, one last thing, Halloween-related. Okay. The jack, the jack o' lantern. These little, mm-hmm. little guys behind me. You know where they came from? Uh, I forget. I've learned it once in the past, but it doesn't stick up here like most things don't. Uh, Irish immigrants brought the tradition of carving pumpkins onto into jack o' lanterns to America. So we have the Irish to thank for it. Uh, but the original jack o' lantern was not a pumpkin. Pumpkins did not exist in Ireland. Ancient Celt cultures in Ireland carved turnips. That's, so that's what it where, was. Yep, that's where you were thinking. That's of where I was thinking of beets. Okay. And place, something stuck in here <laughs> and place an ember in them to ward off evil spirits. So it's crazy that they went from turnips to this gourd, you know, pumpkin. It works. Move I mean, from we, a root, root to a gourd. Gourds are much better for thinning off spirits. We're <laughs> we should try to, that's what we should do this year. Maybe we need to go back and start carving turnips again. Let's get some turnips and carve them and, and see how well that goes. Are turnips like this big? Like, how do you? No, turnips, big? Are, turnips are big, dude. I'm thinking of beets. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Well, even beets can be big. That's Look at like sugar beets. No, radishes. Get a, radishes. Get a radishes, man. <laughs> Aaron's all a root. <laughs> I don't need a whole lot of vegetables. 
<laughs> oh man. Anyway, well the thing is too is you look at a you look at a pumpkin opposed to a turnip. Turnip is like a solid mass, right? Mm-hmm. That's got to be hard to carve and put an ember in it. I feel like carved turnips would probably look like those little shrunken heads from right? Indiana Jones like <laughs> Beetlejuice. Okay. Okay. My goal this I'm going to carve a turnip. I'm going to do it. Okay. So gonna, should we should make that our homework. We need to carve turnips and compare them. Yeah, let's do it. Let's that we, would be fun. We have until October 31st to do it. So <laughs> I challenge you to a turnip duel. <laughs> Got to ward off those evil spirits, man. The Celtic <laughs> way. Ah, uh, man. We we managed to stay on the rails pretty good with this one, but that uh, we'll we'll let you go for tonight, but hopefully you you learned a few things. You got to share a little uh, learning adventure with us about Halloween, the changing of our calendar, and the month of October. Because maybe you have some fun facts you can share with your friends now, right? right. <laughs> and just know the difference between a turnip and a radish, because I would <laughs> you got some problems. Hey, I carved a turnip, and you carved this little radish. I mean, I'd be I'd applaud you for it, but. But that, that being said, hit us up uh, social media at Get Geekish and uh, want to hear some something from you. You know, you can correct all the things that I said wrong if you want to, or maybe a picture of your favorite carved pumpkin, or if if you've ever carved a turnip, or maybe you should carve a turnip too and get in our contest and we'll share your photos with yes. us. Yes, dude, we should. We're oh, starting yeah. a movement. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna we're gonna make <laughs> the turnip industry is gonna love Get Geekish. <laughs> Why spend twenty dollars on a pumpkin when you could go get a turnip for I don't even know how much they are. You know, animal prices that they're ninety four bells, but that's that's it. Let's turnip. How much is a turnip? That's Fair that's our, that's our parting parting our parting gift say, for you. How much is a you're turnip? Gonna, you're going to get into Animal Crossing territory there with turnip prices. Oh, that's right. Turnips are the Animal Crossing cash du jour thing, right? Like, yeah, it's the stock market. Okay, right now at our local grocery store. A turnip costs about a dollar and eighty-two cents. That's a heck of a lot cheaper than cheaper pumpkin. pumpkins. Yeah, forget the pumpkin patch. I'm getting turnips. Plus, you can make a nice turnip stew. If I can need to curve a beet too, just to see if I can. One of the red ones. <laughs> yeah, because when when, when 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 earlier when I was thinking of beets instead of turnips, I'm imagining some little poor Irish kid trying to carve this tiny little face. Like that's a radish. Again, you're getting them confused. Yeah, right. <sighs> You gotta end it. You gotta end it. That's it. That's it. All right, we're done. We're done. At Gig Gigish, we'll talk at you next week. Happy freaking October. <laughs>